Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I watched, I watched people in these seats go up to people and ask them, did they need prayer? I watched Elder Hiromi walk up to a young lady and the young lady was just sitting there. She said, can I pray for anything? Is there anything that you need prayer for? It was the, it was the look in her eyes. I'll never forget the look. She sat down and she said, yes, you can pray for me. She had braids, she had tattoos, she had all of that. It was the look in her eyes. And we were standing there together. And she said, would you like to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you what it means to be saved by Jesus Christ. So she walked her through the wordless book, talked to her about the darkness of sin. She talked to her about the blood of Jesus and how he wipes your sleep clean. She talked about becoming the righteousness of Christ. And then she asked her, and remember I said the look, Pastor Bob, it was the look. And she said, do you want to receive Christ? She said, yes, I'll, I'll take that. She said, I'm going to pray for you. And when she prayed for her, just the, you could see the hunger in her eyes for the life of God. You could see the desire. Jesus says, I'm the, the Bible says he's the desire of the nations. You could see the hunger that somebody had finally given her life. She said, you could take my number. You could call me anytime. You could follow up with me. I saw it. I saw the hunger. I, we were right in the middle of the harvest. Then I saw Sister uh, Lorraine Barber. She walks up to a young man and said, how are you, son? It was a, it, right at Broad Island, people you don't even know. It was a motherly love. She walked up to him and said, how are you, son? He smiled. And she said, you want to know why I came up to you? She said, you look like my son. And she said, how old are you? He said, 28. She said, that's the same age as my son. You only see this when you go out. There was another young lady, she was, she could hear, but she couldn't speak. But she wanted to be saved. Y'all not hearing me. She could hear, but she couldn't speak, but she wanted to be saved. And so we, we went through the wordless book with her and we just said, nod your head if you agree with that. She nodded her head. We said, do you receive Jesus as Lord? She said, yes. Nodded her head. One of, our, one of our members, Sister Peanut. Sister Peanut walks up to, she walks up to a young man. She says, you're hurting, aren't you? He said, yes. God, y'all not hearing me. The readiness. I'm trying to communicate to you. The, I'm not making this up. The re, this happened yesterday. The receptivity. I could literally feel the glory of God on each 
side of the, the transit station. He, he said, he said, she said, you're hurting, aren't you? He said, yes. Teenage boy, he said, I'm hurting. She said, you want to give your life to Christ? He said, yes. So, Pastor Bob, when you started to pray for the Lord of the harvest, that was the first, my God, that was the first thing that I was going to talk about. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. See, see, see I, want you to, I want you to realize that he told, God didn't make a suggestion. He didn't, he didn't suggest to go into all the world and make disciples. He wasn't, that wasn't a suggestion. That wasn't something he said, oh, that's just for young people to do. That's just for young people to do prayer stations. That's just because I saw Elaine Lucas. She said, I'm going to sit a little bit and I'm going to stand a little bit. God, are you talking? She said, I'm going to sit a little bit and I'm going to stand a little bit. She stood and prayed and sat down for a minute. Don't tell me that this thing is just for young people. This thing is intergenerational. Watch this. You, 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 the Great Commission flatlines all of us. The Great Commission, it's a corporate mission. It flatlines all of us. I don't care if you're a CEO. God doesn't care if you're an attorney. God doesn't care if you're a doctor. It flatlines you. He said, you're my child, aren't you? You're my servant, aren't you? And if you are my servant, you got to do what I tell you to do. That's how you experience, that's how you experience the glory of God. I obeyed and I leaned into it. I didn't feel like waking up and doing it yesterday either. There were hundreds of kids stuff that we could have been doing. But we made a decision. And I am so thankful for that decision. And I want to say this to you. This is not something just for young people. This is for everybody. This is for everybody. This thing is everybody. Whether you can call somebody, whether you can pray for people, you have to have your heart aligned with the great, watch this, co-mission. That means we have a mission that's in common a common mission. So it's not a suggestion as to whether or not you want to be a witness. He called you a witness. And he said, you won't even experience the power of the Holy Ghost. In other words, there's a different dimension of power that comes upon your life when you decide to be who he told you to be. There's certain Holy Ghost revelations. There's certain uh, dimensions of discernment. There's certain dimensions of healing and uh, words of knowledge and words of wisdom that will never come unless you obey. Obey what? The mandate. He made it so simple that it's like this. Easy to do, easy not to do. Easy to do, easy not to do. That's how simple it is. It's not deep. Sister Barbara Workman, she, wasn't the, she, she came out there with us yesterday. She was a... Until the anointing fell, I, she was a little apprehensive at first. Then the anointing fell. The, the anointing fell at broad knowledge. It was like we were, it was like, it was like a, a cloud that was over us. 
Yo, pray for that person. I got this guy over here. Pray for this person. They're dealing with mental health needs. Hey, this guy over here wants to be saved. This girl right here needs children's books. Oh, oh her little son is Muslim. It was one, it was one grandmother. We said, do you want the books? She said, well, the, the little boy said, well, I can't take the books because I'm Muslim. And the grandma said, well, I'm going to hide the Bibles and stuff at my house. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. So what's, what did that mean? And we prayed a fire down our So that, <laughs> didn't she say that? She said, I'm going to hide all of these children's Bibles at my house. So when you come over, guess what you're going to get? The Bible. That's simple. That's simple. Because he was like, Grandma, I don't believe that. Grandma, I don't believe that. She said, be quiet. I'm going to take these books. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you only see, I'm not making this up. This is, this is, this is fresh off the press. And you only see this when you obey God. Now, let me tell you something else about obeying God. When you obey God, he works for you. God. That stuff that you was trying to straighten out yourself, that scholarship you was trying to get, that job you were trying to get, that resume you need done, that connection you need, when you do his stuff, he'll go to work on your stuff. Because watch this, you don't even have time to cover some of that. You won't even have time to cover some of your stuff when you make his stuff a priority. That's how good he is. That's how you know he's faithful. That's why you know he'll, he'll stretch time for you. You're like, Dad, why do I have this much time left? Because you did God's work. And when you do his work, watch this, it'll make you joyful. You'll stop being sad. You know, one of the members said to me yesterday, one of the person on the team that went with us, she said, Omar, hear me when I say this. She said, when church leaders don't show the saints, that's us, when church leaders don't show the saints their real responsibility, we start to devour one another. We start to jockey for position. But when you see that, you be like, that don't even matter. When you see the hurt, when you see the pain, and when you see the reconciliation, and when you see the receptivity of how fast they come, of what they, Bob, you see how fast they come. You see the hunger, you see the energy. You say, why would I waste my time on politics? Let the Pharisees deal with that stuff. But we're gonna go build the people and when the saints see what the real thing is, then you start making adjustments to your posture. You start making adjustments to your heart because you see it, you can feel it. And I was so overwhelmed, I just sat in the Eagles Hall afterwards for two hours. So overwhelmed. So overwhelmed by what he had done. And so I want you to realize that God desires his children to experience every dimension of his nature. Mm. God desires his children to experience every dimension of his nature. Our awareness of who he is 
allows us to trust in him. What you believe about God, what you know about God, will impact every area of your life. I'll say this to you again, Sister Ruby. What you believe about God, what you know about God, will impact every area of your life. For instance, how many of you know the God that is Jehovah Jireh? That means he is the Lord that provides. Come on, you, you, you are the only ones that know that God is Jehovah Jireh? I'll say it to you again. How many of you know that God is Jehovah Jireh? He says in the scripture, I will supply all of your, all of your what? All of your need according to my riches in glory. Jehovah Jireh. How many of you know the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer? He is the one ah, that regulates your pressure. He, I feel like preaching. He is the one ah, that regulates. He is the one that regulates your pressure. He's the one that regulates your pancreas. He's the one that regulates your sugar. How many of you know that he will rid you of cancer? I've seen it myself. It'll amaze the doctors. Uh, how many of you know uh, that Jehovah Rapha will show up? Uh, Shabbat. I'm talking about the dimensions of God. Hey, ah, some of you know the God that's called a Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom says, Evelyn, he is my peace. You can lose your husband. You can see him go six feet down. But God says, I'm Shalom. How many of you know that, that you can go through the worst situation in your life and God will show up as Jehovah Shalom? He said, I am. I am your peace. How many of you know, Bishop, you can lose everything? Walk away from the deal and still have peace. Ah, Shadabobosi. You can make some mistakes to wander and have peace. That's why he said, my peace that I give to you, not Osha, not as the, woo, my Lord, my Lord. When he says Jehovah Shalom, he also means the God that'll prosper you. Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in even as your well somebody knows some word somebody knows some word beloved above all things i wish that you prosper and be in good health my son declare to yourself i'm in good health Sometimes you got to speak a word to yourself. It's called self-deliverance. I declare to myself that I'm healed. Sometimes you got to declare when you can't get nobody to lay hands on you. When you can't get to your pastor. When you can't get to your prayer partner. When the loud your phone cut off. I am your peace. Some of y'all been through some stuff, but the I am showed up and said, I am your peace. He'll settle your mind. He'll settle your children. He'll settle them down. 
It's called peace. When you don't even know what to do, it's called peace. And I always say, how much is a bag of peace worth? You can have a million dollars. You have a billion dollars, but no peace. It's costly. What did the master say? Come on. What did the master say? The book said the chastisement of our Ah, Shabbat. Come on, Flo. The book said that he, he took the chastisement. Whatever was taking your peace, he took it on. <laughs> Woo! Come on. Ah. Ah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. When you don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do. Guess who he is? Guess who he is when you don't know what to do? He says, I am the Lord your shepherd. Come on, come on. I'm Jehovah Rohi. Some people say Rohi, but I looked it up. It said Rohi. So I'm the Lord. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I looked up that pronun the pronunciation. Jehovah Rohi. He says, I am the Lord your shepherd. God. Ah. Watch this. Y'all like this one. Psalm 23. The young boys put it on their arm. The Lord is my. Now watch this. The Lord is my leader. Woo. Now, how does the Lord show up in the New Testament? Through the Holy Ghost. He shall lead you. Ah, Shabbat. He shall lead you. Come on. And guide you in what? In all truth. Ah. Why he got it? He has to constantly, he has to constantly, Deacon Rob, show you the truth because the truth that you know sets you free. Ah. So when you're free, watch this. Free, two words. Freedom. Free dominion. Free dominion, free dominion, free dumb, free dumb. Come on, wordplay, free dumb. Come and talk to me. Free dumb, free dominion. Ah, Shabbat. We're talking about dimensions of God. Dimensions of God. And then Jehovah Shammah. I says, the Lord is ever present. Ah, when you're in the fire, he's there. That's why you don't have to be scared. He's there. When you're brought only, he's there. He's there. When you don't know what to say, when the, when the person says, how can I pray for you? Well, you can pray anything for me. He's there. He'll show you what to pray. When you know it's not what to do, he'll show you. That's how you know it's not you, it's him moving through you. Shama, he's there. That's, that's how we get, he never leaves you. Ah, say, come on, come on, talk to me, Pam. He never leaves you, nor what? Forsakes you. That's why you can go through something and people seem like, it seems like you got more people with you. But I only see you. I say this to you again. You can go through something and it's, it, they say, it seems like you had more people with you, but I only see you. Then you got to go to Kings. There are more. There are, there, there are more. See, watch this. There are, there are more that are with you. God, y'all got to understand this. 
And then he said, Jehovah Siskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. How'd you get that? It wasn't by my righteousness. Because my Bible says all have sinned. You've sinned, I've sinned. All have sinned and fell what? Of the what? Now I'll teach you one more time. All have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory. Now you might, you might meet up to some religious stuff, but you don't meet the glory. <laughs> you might add up for some man-made stuff, but you fall short of the... That's why you need the Lord our righteousness. So he's, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Why? Because you're too short to get in. I've been there, done that. They said, you're too short. Ah! They said, you're too short, you're too black. You can't get in. But thank God I got saved. Somebody say, thank God I got saved. Because Phil, when you get saved, you get in. Yeah, how did I get to Annapolis? The righteousness of God. How did I get to West Point? How did I get to Israel? What's impossible with men is possible with God. I'm blood bought. I'm blood washed. That's how I got this. That's how I stand. That's why I'm confident. I'm blood washed. That's why I believe. That's why the Lord our righteousness, my Lord. I'm about to mess you up. I'm about to mess you up. I'm going to drink some water. I'm about to mess you up so bad. So, I just gave you the dimensions of God. He wants you to experience every last one of those dimensions because you're his child. But there is a dimension that you will never see or experience unless you go out. I'll say it to you again. Pastor Bob, you want to get this deep in your spirit. There is a dimension in God. He's already provided. You already got your car note paid. You already got your rent money. You already got your kids in school. You already got all that, right? But there is a dimension in God that you will never experience. You'll leave it on the table. That you'll leave on the table if you never go out. Well, Pastor, oh, what dimension is that? That is the Lord of the harvest. <laughs> it is the Lord of the harvest. That word Lord means Adonai. That means he's the master and the owner of the harvest. There's a dimension 
of his nature that you will never experience if you don't go out. There's a glory of God. There's a, there's a, there's a revelation that God desires to give to you that if you never obey him by going out, you'll never see the Lord of the harvest. You will only be able to raise your hands for Rapha. You will only be able to raise your hands for Rohi. You will only be able to raise your hands for Jehovah Jireh. You will only be able to raise your hands for Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Shammah. But you will never, unless you obey God, that I saw yesterday for myself. I saw yesterday for myself the Lord of the harvest. I saw young people that might have looked crazy, but in there, they were the walking dead. They might have looked crazy, but they were responding to the witness of the Spirit. They were being drawn to him. They were being drawn to him. And I'm saying to you that part of your assignment for being on this earth is to be a witness, period, period. A witness. And yes, you will be scared. And yes, come on, Pat. Yes, you will be challenged. And yes, you will tell your leaders, y'all pushy. Yes, we, we're pushing you. She laughing because that's her. Yes, y'all pushy. Yes, we're, we're pushing you into your destiny. And when, and, when we, and when you're trying to push somebody into their destiny, I can't be friendly with you. Because I got to see your friends won't care about your future as much as good leaders. Good leaders care about your future. They don't care about your past. They're going to say you can cry about that, but you better get on with the future. Stop procrastinating. Stop complaining. Stop bad mouthing. Stop gossiping. Stop doing all that stuff and get yourself together. Get up. Get dressed and go out and there you will find the Lord waiting for you that's the Lord of the harvest because it's people that are broken without no no shepherd weary tired that's what the scripture says tired I'm tired of sin I'm tired of death so guess what you can, guess what you can live. And, you can, and God will allow you to live that. But you'll never be content. You can live a nicely, neat, packaged Christian life. Kids go to college. Retirement money is there. Everything looks good. I'm serving. It's good. But never challenged. Because these folks out here know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, you got to fast. No, he told me that. He said, you got to fast. Because you're dealing with another realm of the demonic. You, you, this kind come forth through prayer and fasting. He said, you're dealing with another realm of the demonic. And so you got to fast. You got to lay down your plate. You got to do something different. Not you ain't laying down your plate to go to no meeting. Not a church meeting, but you laying down your plate to engage for the destinies of young people, for the destinies of people in this city. And, 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 and guess what? It's amazing 
that all of the people at Broad Nolly, am I right, Hiromi? All the people at Broad Nolly are looking. They like, yo, we glad y'all came. Yo, what's this? People got bags. Like, yo, let me get a couple more of them Bibles, man. I needed this. And it's amazing when we see ministers. That's amazing. Many of the ministers say, Tag, I need to be doing this. Can y'all come and train at my church? One guy was like, do y'all take an offering or is it donate? We don't, we don't want your money. We're good. We're good. Y'all not taking my money? Y'all a church? Y'all not taking my money? We don't want your money. We don't want your money. We don't want your money. That doesn't mean that you don't pay your tithes and give your offering. That doesn't mean that. But I don't need your money out here. Now, here's, here's the challenge for us. Here's the challenge. Um, the challenge is this, and it's a hard issue, is that we have to pay close attention to what we hear. It's the hard issue. It's a hard issue. Let me just show you a scripture in Matthew 13, verse 23. I'm going to show you three I want to show you three passages of scripture and these three passages of scripture will give you insight about how important it is to pay attention to what you hear I'm reading the NIV version Matthew 13 verse 23 and it says and I'm giving you the end of the parable and just to give you some context <clears throat> a parable is a short story illustrating a moral or spiritual principle, okay? A moral or spiritual truth or principle. So Matthew 13, verse 23, it says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. I'll read that again. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 100, 60, and 30 times what was sown. I'll go to Mark chapter 4. I want to show you this three times because I really need you to get in your spirit, this in your spirit, and then you're going to really understand how the enemy plays on your heart. Others, I'm at, I'm at Mark 4, verse 20. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word. They accept it or they receive it. In other words, some people hear a word, but they never receive it. You can hear how great you are, but you never accept it. There's something in your heart that would hear something, but you reject everything you hear. That deals with the condition of your heart. You can hear a word, and somebody can say, I love you, but the condition of your heart will say, I'm going to reject that. Someone can say, you are great. You are a king. You are a leader. 
but based on the condition of your heart, you will either reject it or receive it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm telling you how important this is. It says, others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, they accept it or receive it, and it, the word. So it is referring to the word. The word produces a crop. Some 30 times, some 60 times, some 100 times what was sown. Amen? Just, you got to talk to me. Amen? Are you getting this in your spirit? Luke 8, 15. Come on, you got to get this in your spirit. I'm not playing with you because this is something that's really important. Luke 8, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stand for those, Jesus, help me, with a noble and good heart. I want this to be your prayer. God, help me to have a noble and good heart. I'm going to say it to you again. God, help me to have a noble and good heart. It said, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word. They heard it. They retain it. That means they comprehend it. And by persevering, they produce a crop. The word, let me just say this. You can hear a word and every word that you hear concerning your life sometimes does not come to pass because you didn't fight for it. You weren't faithful to the word. God, I hope somebody help me. You didn't persevere in it. That's why it takes a, a, a level of tenacity and you have to learn how to shake off the things in your life that are not important. Because those things can clutter your life so that you can spend time on things that don't really matter. And all those things that don't really matter are fighting for the word that will produce your destiny. The word of God is, God help me. You ever see, the, you ever see grass break through concrete? Now remember that grass was a seed. So encrypted in every seed is breakthrough. So the seed of the word, that when it comes in your life, it is able to break through the most difficult situations because it is supernatural and it comes from God. The seed of the word, the incorruptible seed of the word, does not care about your family background. That's how you got to the Naval Academy. Didn't care about G Street. Didn't care about Patterson, New Jersey. Didn't care about the projects. Doesn't care that every person in your family was on drugs. Doesn't care about marijuana. Doesn't care about everything that was in your bloodline because when the seed of the word starts to produce, it breaks through the most difficult situations. If it were not so, that when I read this to you, you're gonna be very, very scared. Turn to Matthew 13. I'm in the book, because you gotta get this in your spirit so that you can wage a good warfare. So I want you to turn to Matthew 13. I'm reading the NIV because the language is, um, the language is very plain and it's very helpful. Matthew 13, verse 10. 
So Jesus tells this parable, it's recorded three times. It's recorded in Matthew, it's recorded in Mark, it's recorded in Luke. So Matthew 13, verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to them in parables? Very important. He says, because the mystery or the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you and not to them. Now here's the, here's the little footnote that I wanna give you. Many of the people, the disciples that were following Jesus were no better than the crowd. Y'all better, better help me right here. The disciples, Janine, that were following Jesus were no better than the people at Broad Nolly. The only reason that the, the, the secrets were open to the disciples is because he explained it to them. So the only reason you got what you got because there's a grace to hear. In, in other words, he was explaining to them what they needed to hear. God is explaining to you what you need to hear. It doesn't make you better than another person, but what he's giving you are the secrets, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now I'm gonna skip through this, go to verse, go to verse 18, because he says, listen, I told them a secret. They can't get it because of the hardness of their hearts. The people that are with them that really want it, they'll come seek me out. But for you, it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. And then he tells the meaning of the parable in plain language to them because he wants you and us to live in authority. That's why he says in the scripture, he says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, not only will you ask what you will, but I'm going to manifest myself to you. So the more you, watch this, the Bible says guard his word, treasure his word. It, the, the scripture, Michael says, keep my word. So the more you learn how to treasure what God says to you and, and keep it, what happens is he starts to manifest himself to you. I know that our, Janine and I know that our children will not be with us for a long time. They're going to go off. They're going to get married. They're going to do their thing. They're going to build. They're going to uh, expand the kingdom. They're going to do all of those things. However, when we were in the car with our son the other day, we said, listen, when you go away, don't ever let anybody make you less. Don't ever let anybody make you feel that you don't have a seat at the table. Now, I'm using this as an example. I'm giving him my word. As a son, he's learning to treasure my word. And as he treasures my word, that's how he loves me. And the more he treasures my word, the more the spirit of the word and the spirit of who I am manifests to him. The more the spirit of the father manifests to him as you treasure his word. So watch this. The more you keep and guard and treasure the word of God, the more the father manifests himself to you. But you said, I didn't have a natural father. Doesn't matter. He overrides what you didn't naturally have as long as you lean into him. But as long as you say, well, I can't do that because I didn't have, he's, it's, it's a challenge there. But he says, I didn't have this, but I'm still leaning in. My God. So watch this word, 
verse 18. I'm sorry, let me go to uh, 16. He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people have longed to see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but but did not hear it. And then he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. Now here's the dangerous part. When anyone hears the message of the what? My God. When anyone hears the message of the what? The only message that Satan is afraid of. The only message that he shows up to make sure he takes something away from you is the message of the kingdom. I'm in the book. When anyone hears the what? Brandon, help me. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom, Jesus, and does not, what? Does not. Now here's what shifts your life, what you comprehend. Here's what can change your life, what you comprehend. What you comprehend elevates you. What you understand makes you dangerous. Uh, my father used to say it like this. Anytime you control what people see, what they hear, and what they understand, you can make a slave out of them. Anytime you control what people see, what they hear, and what they understand, that's how you enslave them. That's how the enemy blinds our minds. That's how the enemy keeps you in darkness. That's why in certain schools, they never even take kids on trips. Never show them the world. All they know is their 10 block radius. So you live in that 10 block radius. You even have folks that have committed serious crimes, but because they don't know anything but the block, they go back to the block, not realizing that the U.S. Marshals are waiting for you. Because that's all you know. And you will only do what you And I will say this to the saints, we will only do what we So why is he fighting me? He never wants you to get the message of the kingdom. If anyone hears what? The the word of what? Say it again. The word of what? I'm not fighting any, I'm not fighting two steps to this. I'm not fighting five steps to a miracle. I'm not fighting this, but I'm fighting to make sure you never come to a place of prominence. You never come to a place of dominion. You never come to a place of kingship. You never come to a place of royalty. You never, your seed, because the Bible says your seed shall follow after you. You never come to a place where you will reign. And a church should train you to reign. I'm down with singing songs. I love to worship, but at the end of the day, it gotta train me how to get control of my life, how to get control of my marriage, how to get control of my children, how to get control of my block. That's the 
kingdom of God. It's the governing authority of a king over a territory. You are the first territory. You are the earth. It's the governing authority of a king over a territory producing a citizenry not members producing a citizenry that will reflect the intent the will and the nature of his glory that's why they felt different at broad army because another world came on the scene another system came on the scene oh they don't get me over here if you don't think the kingdom is important then why did he tell you to seek it first If it wasn't important that's why everybody in the natural they mimic it what's up King James what's up King because even the world can get a glimpse of the spirit even the world gets a glimpse and they carbon copy your stuff they take the music and flip it The enemy, Satan, shows up to, to take away what you understood. But once you start to comprehend, that's why you got to, uh, one of my mentors, he said, do whatever you can do to comprehend. He said, because once you comprehend, you're dangerous. Once you understand, you're dangerous. Once you understand, you're a threat. When anyone, Bob, when you go to Israel, when anyone hears the message, not five steps to this, but when anyone hears the message of the kingdom. Let me give you another definition for the kingdom. It's the active reign of God in your life. That means I can't do what I want. I can't do what I want. Watch this, Rick Warren, who, who, who ran one of the biggest churches in America, he constantly told himself every day, it's not yours, it's not yours, it's not yours. He was constantly reminding himself that as kingdom, as, as kingdom citizens, we are only stewards. That means you manage, you manage, you manage, you manage, you manage. God is saying that, that, that some of y'all, I, I, I can't give you what you need because you can't get your bedroom together. I'm trying to help you get your yard together. Because as you, as you steward, as you be faithful over a few things, I will make you a what? L listen to the language. A what? A what? Did he say member? He said a ruler. Pay attention to the language. A ruler. Some of you have never felt what it never felt the experience of being a ruler that's what scares the enemy I'm a ruler and God but Bob pastor Bob you was you was talking about love now watch this for God so loved the world that he gave watch this you cannot love anyone without giving them anything you say you love me give me something I say I love my wife I got to empty the account for her. Why? She's a ruler. Now, now, now the scripture says, he says, I rule in heaven. I'm invisible. But you got to rule. 
you got to rule here. Now the first, the first, the first domain of rulership is self-leadership. Control yourself. God. That's control self-leadership. That means that that means that when he gave you dominion, he put everybody in leadership. So you can't say, well, I'm not doing that because I'm not a leader. I'm waiting for somebody to anoint me. I'm waiting for somebody to send me an email, send me a letter. The email ain't never coming. Here go your blog. Here go your email. Right here. Right here. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Why you waiting? Why you waiting? Why you waiting? The Bible says that the whole earth is in pain. The Bible says that they're in travail. They're pregnant, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That means you got something that the world needs. And the enemy would trick you to make you think all your life you ain't got nothing. Isn't that the biggest trick of the devil that you had everything and made you think you had nothing? So you live like you have nothing. You hold your head down in meetings. Hope pick your head up. You are somebody, you are something. That's what that devil does to you. There was a guy at Broad Nolly, I was witnessing to him, he pulled out a blunt. He said, I'm gonna smoke this while you're witnessing to me. I said, that don't mind to me. That don't matter to me. I'ma still share the gospel with you. I'ma still pray for you through blunt smoking everything. I'm a ruler. when you go where it is you ain't afraid to see what it is because some of y'all come from that some of that's still in your families and as long as you try to clean it up and make it packaged right and not deal with that thing he gives you the power to deal with everything every crisis every twist every turn every dip he gives you the power to deal with it and if you can't deal with it, he got some friends that'll deal with it with you. That's why we go out in teams. People said, this is fun because what I don't have, you got it. And what Hiromi doesn't have, I got it. That's why you got to move in teams. How dare you say, well, God ain't give me what I need. You got everything you need. In fact, like my father said, you got too much. So what God does, when you don't use what you have, he takes away even what you have. If you keep saying you didn't have anything. Here it is. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom, does not understand it, Satan comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Watch this. This is seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once they receive it with joy. They like, oh my God, I got a word today, Pastor Barlow teach. Bishop is going to teach for Father's Day. I'm so excited. I can't wait to Pastor Bob gets back from Israel. I'm going to be excited about that word. And then what happens? But because they have no root, they last only two weeks five years but when trouble or persecution comes watch this because of the what see the word the word is what's going to shift you to your destiny 
the trouble, the persecution is coming for the word. Your fight, your fight, your rumble. That's why you got to go 15 rounds. Your fight, your rumble, Bob, is for the word. The fight for your wife, the fight for your children, the fight for your legacy, the fight for your future is coming for the word. So when the word releases, don't get happy. Pray. Pray. Here's the strategy. Pray. Elder, pray. Joanne Howard, pray. Why? He coming for the word. He coming for the word. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of the, this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So these are the folks like, yo, I got... I, I'm building my real estate company. I don't have time for that. I ain't, I'm not, I ain't going out. I, please. Um, I'm trying to get money. I'm trying to get the bag. I'm, I'm done with y'all. I'm good. I'm good. You te- keep saying you're good, but it's going to choke you. Was it choking? The word. So where you were supposed to be, you never got there. But the seed that falls... Who hears the word, but the, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it, produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Amen? Here's my point. My point is, you want to ask God, God, help my heart. God, I don't want to have a heart that's stony. God, I don't want to have a heart that's by the wayside or on the path. God, I don't want to have a heart that is, that's a thorny place. But give me a heart, Father, that will produce 30 times, 60 times, 100 times what you sowed into me. And I just want you to remember, the enemy will do everything in his power to make sure you never comprehend the message of the kingdom. And that's why in Matthew 13, around the 50th verse, Jesus says this, have you understood these things? He was, he he, he checked in. Have you understood what I was saying to you? Why? Because the kingdom of God manifesting in your life is the most important manifestation. It is the reason why you are here. It will supersede your job. It will supersede so many things. But when you lean into him, he will show you all things. Amen? Come on, give God a praise for his word. Yes. Hallelujah. Give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Give God a praise. Come on, come on, stir it up, stir it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, before we, before we take the altar call, I just want to give you these quick announcements. Today from...
today from one to six, from one o'clock to six o'clock, we're meeting in uh, Eagles Hall. We're doing another prayer station training. We're gonna train for about two hours. And guess what? We're going out. You teach, go out. Teach and go out. So we're doing that today from one to six. We wanna just remind you that on Saturday, June 3rd, from nine to two and Sunday, June 11th, from one to six, and then on Saturday, June 24th, from nine to two, we will be doing prayer stations. Also, there's gonna be a sign up for prayer station t-shirts. So if any of you want a prayer station t-shirts, I like the apron, but if any of you like the prayer station, uh, want a prayer station t-shirt, we will get your size and we will order that. And also the big gathering that all of these people that we are out here uh, witnessing to, they're gonna be coming to this gathering. It is on Sunday, June 25th. We'll give you more details about that, but we just wanna make sure that you are in tune with everything that is going on. These are good times, Pastor Bob. Are these good times? These are very good times. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? there's anybody in our midst today who is saying Lord I need to give my life to you I need to be forgiven my life is clouded by sin or clouded by just doing my own thing but if there's anybody today that's saying you know what I give up I surrender I'm tired of doing my own thing and if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ so that he can become Lord, King, Savior. I welcome you. If you're out there online, you can text your decision to 215-440-6610. But if there's anyone that just wants to give their life, give their heart to Jesus Christ today, I welcome you. Is there anyone here today? Thank you, Lord. God and we thank him. Give him a praise for his word. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.